With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is the perfect complement to the collection. It's light, it's approachable, it's inviting, it's gentlemanly, in all the right ways, in the right places. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code BLACKMANCRY2, C-O-O, get 20% off, plus free shipping. Your balls and your body will thank you. Black Men Cry 2 is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to unpack their hurt and share their truth. This space was created as an invitation for men of color to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too. Support for Black Men Cry 2 comes from Manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Take care of your boss, people. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron, for sitting down with me today. Very excited to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Let's start it off with a nice love shot. How are you feeling? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good now. Well, to start it off, I wanted to do something a little bit different. You're from Philadelphia, right? Yes. And you went to college in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And that happened to be an HBCU. Yes. Can you tell me about spaces that you saw growing up and going to college that let black people be expressive? Great question, great question. Just to back up, I went to Lincoln University, the first historically black college and university. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always have to do that one shameless plug, but I'll allow it. But spaces growing up, so um, before Lincoln University, a lot of the spaces that we have were spaces we created amongst ourselves, right? We played basketball, football, um, played cards, go to parties. That was the thing me and my friends did to kind of, you know, have a safe space for ourselves, especially with this environment, you know, with everything going on. We were so conditioned to these crazy and traumatic environments, so that helped us. When we went to college, Lincoln University provides so many different organizations that support you know, young African-American males and females, um, people from all over different states that you meet that are great friends, people you can lean on and talk to. Um, and you know that just fostered this environment of camaraderie, brotherhood, sisterhood, friendship, and people that are now to this day are some of my closest friends. I like how you said brotherhood because it leads me into my next question. You also pledge a fraternity. Correct? Absolutely, the best one. I was a fraternity. <laughs> Let us know what fraternity you pledge. Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, Epsilon Chapter, Star the East. If anybody watching this, yo. <laughs> I love it. So being that you went to an HBCU and you pledged, can you talk about elevating like how did you guys as black males hold each other accountable when it came to like emotional support? That's a good question. That's a good question. So, you know, fraternities in general, there's this stereotype that, you know, is very masculine, macho, you know, this straight face that you're not really expressive or vulnerable. But me and my line brothers, we've grown really close and been through our ups and downs. And, you know, we've cried in front of each other. We've, we've expressed, um, you know, so many different emotions in front of each other. They know some of my most deepest and personal situations. And, um, you know, we've really grown close, like, like they're family. And um, I think that really provided 
a really safe haven for me and for us to be expressive. Um, and also we've, we've been able to express in front of other people and they, they're able to see that relationship, that friendship, that love. And now those type of individuals are starting to, you know, gravitate and do the same thing with people around them. So they're like continuing the inspiration. A absolutely, absolutely. So I kind of want to touch on that, but I want to backtrack a little bit. Being that's how college was, can you sort of take us back to your childhood and growing up in Philadelphia? Did you have that safe space? Were you able to do that with your friends, be expressive, cry? Right, that, that, that's a really good question. And to be honest, no. So I grew up in Southwest Philly and a lot of the things we've been through, we didn't even know, like, like we were so conditioned to it. It was the, it was the normal, right? So many traumatic environments drug-related, you know, gang violence, um, you know, uh, street wars and gun violence, the list goes on. And you're so conditioned to it, you don't even think, like, there's something wrong until you're taken out of that environment and you come back and it's like, whoa, it's a culture shock. So what my friends would do, we, were, we, were, we didn't have no coping mechanism. We didn't even know, like, we were under stress. We was just, you know, keeping each other happy, playing ball, football. Distraction. Um, distraction healthy distractions, exactly. Oh, I like that. Healthy distractions. He healthy distractions. And we didn't know we were doing it at the time. Playing cards, going to parties. But this is what kept us sane, right? Um, until, you know, years later, looking back, like, wow, we've been through some, some stuff. Yep. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure people watching this, um, especially now, feel the same way now or can relate to when they were younger growing up in Philadelphia or wherever you've been at. So that, that was our way of kind of, I guess, unintentionally, you know, coping with our environment. I like how it was your unintentional way of coping in your environment when you were younger, which leads me into what you're doing now. You've developed an app that helps people yes, cope. Yes, can we hear a little bit more about how you guys came together and what's the story behind the app? Absolutely. So the app is Elevate App. It's an inspirational living and self-care mobile app that serves as a personal guide to mental, physical, and emotional success. So um, I'm just going to ask you to repeat that one more time. For <laughs> mental, physical, and emotional success. Love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so um, two of my fellow co-founders, also um, Lincoln alum, Greg Wilson and Dante Wade. Are they um, Kappas too? Uh, Dante is, not okay. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we graduated Lincoln and went into the real world, and we're like, oh, we about to get a job, about to make some money, but that wasn't the case, right? Bamboozled. Yeah, like bamboozled, you know, it was, it was tough. Um, so there was times where, you know, we had relationship issues, issues with work and whatever goes on outside of college, and Greg was my roommate at the time, so me and him was just like, we'll vent to each other. And our ways was like, he would was, he was send me a, like, like a Bible verse or inspirational video, I'll throw him, you know, back something that may help cheer up his mood. Um, and that was our way. We just would naturally just share things to, you know, help support each other, listen and so on and so forth. So he like, you know, um, he, he's like an entrepreneur like myself. And he mentioned like, if, if this works for us, why don't we make a platform, right? We share this energy, the energy is contagious amongst our friends. Why can't we develop something where everyone can experience this? So I called Dante, like, you know, he really didn't have no choice. <laughs> so, but I called him like, yo, you know, he does inspirational speaking. I'm like, you're the perfect person to be honest because you believe you know, the mission, what we're trying to do. He's like, it's funny, bro, because a year ago I said I want to make an app as my goal for next year. Wow. Right, so it just, it just matched naturally. Alignment, you know, sp spoken into existence. So that's how it came about. And, you know, we've been running and doing really well. That's so, um, what is your 
What is your next plans for Elevate App? Like, how do you see this helping our community, and how can you translate it to the community to show them this is a tool that's helpful for you? Great question. So what we're looking to do is actually in the near months, we're releasing the second version of the app, much more powerful, um, uh, extensive features. Um, we're looking to really connect with not just blacks and African-Americans and minorities, but also organizations that focus on supporting the community and minorities, getting them involved, um, onboarding you know, therapists, licensed specialists, people um, not in just mental health, but self-love, relationship coaching, um, uh, yoga, the list goes on, right? Getting them into the app and having them not only have an opportunity to work and service, but also provide an extensive um, group of resources to the people that's using the app. Um, another thing, a lot of self-care apps and um, I guess telemedical apps similar to ours, they're like generic, right? So it's like a one size fits all. So it's nothing specific to what you're going through. So we're really looking at how can we tailor it and make it minute so we are targeting individuals for their specific issues. So it's a little more personal and you know, you really feel like, wow, this is something that's supporting me, not just something that's you know, general for anyone. But that's what we're looking to do. That's, dope. that's what we're going to do. I like that, <laughs> I like that switch up, speaking into existence. Absolutely. How are you guys so comfortable as black males in a space where black males are typically the last ones considered, if they're even considered? It's, it's tough. Um, I, I can say um, we may look like we're comfortable, but we're not, because there's so many spaces. You know, tech startup, that's the space you don't see too many people like us. Business in general, right? Um, app development, um, mental health, self-care. So there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just it's, it's unusual, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's tough, um, and but we just have to be a representation to others that look like us who may want to step up and do the same thing we've done. So that what reminds us like we got to keep going. We got to you know set the trend, lay down the foundation, and and just be trailblazers in this because you never know who's watching, right? That's very true. So what is you guys coping mechanism to deal with everything? Because like you said, you are thrown into a space where we're not welcomed, we're not celebrated, mm -hmm. and now you're stepping into the space and you're telling our community who doesn't talk about it, who doesn't know how to take those first steps, mm -hmm. how to do it. Right. So um, I, I have, it, it ranges, right? So music is my number one go-to. Um, I will listen to a lot of inspirational rap um, to get me going. Um, I read a lot of books, uh, inspirational, motivational books. Um, I talk to friends, friends who are going through the same thing. Um, you know, that commonality between us that really helps push us not only just me, but them as well. Um, sometimes I, I feel guilty when I take a step back and have fun because I'm a workaholic, which is very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm starting to really just like you said, have healthy distractions. So watch watch my favorite TV shows. I love Boondocks, so I would binge watch on Boondocks um, and, and just do things that, you know, make me happy. Uh, I'm an artist, I love to draw, so sometimes I would draw and, and do that. Um, videography and graphic design, so I would just take time doing things that I love to do, I just didn't have the time to do. I love that. Mm. I always talk about that as well, like sometimes if I'm taking a day to myself, I'll think about the 10 million things I have to do, yeah. and I'm laying in bed like, nope, just watch Girlfriends. Yeah, just do nothing. enjoy Girlfriends, just sit here and enjoy it. It's been so many days, like I had so much to do, but I went to sleep. <laughs> then woke up like I have no regrets actually because I'm tired. Yeah, take that time. I do have a sort of like flip question. Mm -hmm. You, if anyone follows you on Instagram, you are still yourself. 
like you're authentic, you um, rock your own swag, you listen to you know hip hop music, but then you're also stepping into spaces where some people may think you have to code switch. Do you find yourself code switching or do you still step in those spaces like I'm still gonna be me regardless? Oh, I like that. <laughs> so when I so when I first got into my field, I've been in engineering, um, computer science, cybersecurity for almost seven years. When I first got into the field, there was a lot of code switching because I wanted to get in the door, I wanted to move up. Um, but once I started really realizing my worth and understand how intelligent I was and what I bring to the table, it didn't matter, right? Like, this is a funny story. I remember I used to go to work, like, you know, dressed up, suit, tie, and I would be in spaces where I'm the only black one, a token black. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people can relate. And, you know, it would just, the difference in culture and topics and how we view about world issues was just, it bothered me. So I did catch myself a lot trying to cool switch in and just, you know, fit in. But I remember one time I was like, I, it's something just clicked. I said, I don't care. Like, I remember I walked into work, one time I walked into work with my do-rag on. But I took it off, but I didn't know I had it on because I wore my do-rag going to work. And I walked in and I had it on. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, oh, snap. I took it off. But after that, I was like, I don't care because I was confident in what I do and what I bring to the table. And I won't let anyone or any individual tell me anything different, right? That was what I believe. Like, I'm adequate. I can do whatever I put my mind to. Um, there's individuals that don't look like us get opportunities that we had to work three times, four times as hard to get. And, you know, I, I live in dwelling that, that I know that I can be greater, just as not great as the next person, right? So, you know, once I had the confidence, I didn't care. It didn't matter because I was going to do it regardless how you felt. Okay. how you looked at me. Can you acknowledge what caused the switch by chance? Or did you just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm over this, I'm tired? I think the switch was a series of events. It wasn't just this one thing. So looking at like individuals like Barack Obama, looking at like, you know, um, people like Jay-Z or Beyonce being the first black woman to headline Coachella or Michelle Obama, the first um, woman, you know, um, first lady, African-American first lady or the first African-American first family. Like seeing that at first or people hitting those milestones, right? Seeing Kobe perform, seeing God rest his soul. That excellence would really, you know, would really make me switch. I'm like, wow, these people are doing amazing things that look just like me. And like I said before, representation matters because you never know who's coming up um, after, right? Every, all these tech moguls and people who are leading startups don't look like us, right? Um, we, we share less than like 1% of probably the, the wealth of you know, major companies in the US. So like, I just wanted to be a pioneer and believe that I know that I can do it and people like me can do it. It was just bigger, it was bigger than me. I love that. Yeah. I love saying that myself. I'm like, this is all bigger than me. Yeah. Love me now. <laughs> love me now. I love how you mentioned, of course, all of our favorite greats, Barack, um, Kobe. But a lot of times I feel like within our community, we always look to the greats and we never say names of people within our community. Mm. Do you have anybody that you looked up to within your community growing up or in college that was like, I want to embody this person as well. Yes, um, a good friend of mine is a business partner now, and he's also my frat brother at the time. His name is Rich Lancaster. Um, hopefully he sees this. But um, in college, that was one person I looked up to when I first came there. Um, he, he always just exuded what it was like to be a gentleman, very polite, um, was always on his stuff. Um, Bertram Lawson, that's my cousin-in-law. He's a great role model um, growing up, and even now, I looked up to him. And I have friends, um, Dustin, 
Uh, I'm giving y'all a shout out, so you know. <laughs> You're a good friend. Yeah, these, these gentlemen, and I can keep going on. Um, Mike, th these guys are like, they're awesome. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just trying to be like them. Right. I love that. I love yeah. that the people you named are your own peers. Like, that's heartwarming. Yeah, and I can go on, but, you know, I, I can't think of everyone right now. <laughs> He's like the whole group. We don't got that much time. <laughs> so with that being that, you know, you named all your friends. You did pledge a fraternity. You went to an HBCU. What does brotherhood mean to you, especially being from the city of brotherly love? <laughs> I had to put that in. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, what does brotherhood mean? It, it just means, you know, just being yourself and accepting who you are and being around people who accept who you are and love you unconditionally and you return that same love. It's, it's you know, having a shoulder to cry on. It's empowerment. It's, you know, believing and supporting. Um, like, I, the list just goes on, you know. I, I can't even... What does being a black man in America today mean to you? Hmm. Being a black man in America today, to me, it means it means that I, I have so much responsibility, not just to myself, but to people around me, not even just black men or black women, but minorities, people of color in general. So it means that every time I step out in this world, I'm a representation of more than just myself. So wherever I go, wherever I do, whatever I do, I make sure I put my best foot forward. You know, regardless if it's relationships and how I treat people, friendships, how I conduct myself in meetings, how I conduct myself on social media, um, I just always try to exude and be a great example of what it is to be a black man and inspire the next generation of people and African-American youth coming up. Um, we, there's so many different stereotypes and stereotypical ideas, preconceived notions about black men in general. And, you know, I just want to break those stereotypes and encourage others to do the same. Are you currently working with the youth now? Absolutely. Well, it's been tough because of COVID, but we do have some plans coming up that we're trying to find innovative ways to do that. I have been doing some Zoom calls speaking to the youth, but I'm trying to figure out how can I get back, you know, um, in person and do something. So still working on that. Do you find it difficult to connect with the youth? I do. I do, because I remember when I was a youth and speakers would come back and talk to me. I'm like, what the F are you doing here? Like, what, what is he talking about? Right, what are you talking about? And now, you know, some of them gravitate, but I try to find what intrigues them. You know, um, what's their motivators? Because that would really gets them there, right? So it's, that's the tough part, just figuring out what captivates them and, and how, deliver, how do you deliver the message to them? I think that's the hardest part. I agree, and that's why I typically try to strike. I don't think my messaging comes across clear. With that, do you talk about mental health with the youth? Talk about mental health, talk about the importance of you know, mental health and self-care, the importance of education um, and giving back. Um, I know one opportunity that I had to speak to the youth, uh, we did like this app development um, course, but it was around mental health. So they had to develop like this. It was it was like this fun little podcast, like there was a radio station. But the things they talked about was about mental health and self-care. Like they had to have their own topic, right? Like this is 96.5, the self-care shop, you know? And it, it was just encouraging, you know, um, tech, STEM, and mental health and well-being. So during the development, as well as like doing the research of the app, mm -hmm. what were some like shocking data or discoveries that you guys came across? Good question. So some shocking things to me, and I won't say it's too shocking, but about 17.8 million Americans suffer from some type of depressive disorder, right? Um, 
77% of adults have social media. Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter. Um, out of those individuals, you're three times more likely to experience anxiety, depression, or some type of mental issue. And this is probably because, you know, people compare themselves to each other on Instagram, um, whatever the case may be, but it, it increases those things. Um, another shocking thing was that 35% uh, of individuals living below poverty line are more likely to experience mental health issues than those at or above. And that can be due to their environment and where they live at. Um, lack of adequate resources to get the help needed. So, you know, and the list goes on. But those were the three main things, especially social media, because we use that so much, mm -hmm. you know, especially during this whole time of this political chaos arena, a human and civil, you know, crisis, right. um, a, a pandemic, war, a human rights war. war. And that's all we're seeing and being fed on social media. So the end isolation due to lockdown. All right. So it's so many different contributing factors um, that I thought, you know, that's what really shocked me. I know when I was doing my research as well, I think the data that was most shocking to me is seeing how black men are typically the most at risk for taking their own lives. Mm. And that's something that we don't even hear right. about. So that, to me, was shocking. And anyone who knows my story knows that's personal because this is sort of how I got started. My male friend took his life when I was 14. So that was also something that was a one-liner in the newspaper. Like, mm -hmm. we don't put anything around that. So with that, what advice would you give someone who may be in denial or scared to even take that first step or acknowledge that they need to take that first step into self-care? Um. One thing I would say is uh, you just have to, you know, take the time to understand and research and learn it. You know, don't feel like you don't have no one to talk to, speak to people, um, you know, start small. If you don't want to go out and get a therapist or if you don't want to, you know, feel like that you need support, you know, find someone just to talk to one on one. You know, so you don't have to take the big leap, but do things that help yourself improve yourself. You know, make sure you take. Um, you work out, you, you do things that empower your mind, empower your body, um, you know, don't hold things in, unnecessary stress, you know, speak on your traumas, like start small. And if you feel like that you have issues that may be a little bit more prevalent, then, you know, don't be afraid to speak to someone who's a real specialist who could get you real help. I like that. And shameless plug, your app has a little community board where you can speak to like other people who you may or may not know. Absolutely. Going through and feedback off of them. See, I helped you out with a little bit. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you. Thank this is you. My favorite part of the interview where I get to ask give me three songs that you listen to to get you in or out of any mood. So if you're down, if you need to get pumped up, three songs. Give, give, me, give me each mood, I give you a song. Oh, you need to be motivated. All right, I'm give you two songs um, Dedication by Nipsey. And Undefeated by Ace Hood. Hmm. Undefeated by Ace Hood. Love that song. Hey, listen to that get, get, get listen to it. Okay, that's all right. this. Now give me when you're upset. Upset. Or sad. Upset or sad. Upset or sad. Upset or sad. When I'm sad, what do I listen to? It's probably going to be something, some R&B, something slow. Maybe like a 90s, like Neo Soul song. I don't, I don't know. At the top of my head. Okay. Right. What about when you're like, Elevate just got booked for another speaking engagement, got endorsed by some big old uh, company, and they want to give you all this money. What song are you playing to celebrate and get hype and just? Um, anything Jay-Z or Pusha T. I probably would play um, Can't Knock the House Who. Oh, that's a good one. Um, 
the presidents. I'll probably play some Nas, like New York State of Mind. I'll, I'll play any like. You know, move forever. That'd probably be. A, that'd probably yeah, that's be a good it. one. Yeah, that'd that's probably be it. <laughs> that's a solid one. And yeah. then lastly, what would you leave the youth with? You can do anything you put your mind to. Um, love one another. Support one another. Um, black is beautiful. Black is powerful. You are powerful. And be great. I was waiting for you to say, and black is king. <laughs> thank you so much again for sitting thank down you. with me um, as always you can follow us at Black Men Cry 2 that's T-O-O -O, to become a part of the conversation thank you